Bonjour à tous, je m'appelle Rebecca, je suis australienne et je parle en français. Vous écoutez The Fluent Show. Welcome to The Fluent Show, a podcast all about loving, living and learning languages. Hi everyone, my name is Kirsten Cable, Chief Language Coach and Nerd and Enthusiast at fluentlanguage.co.uk and in this podcast I tell you about interesting things from the world of learning another language. And in today's episode I have got a very interesting listener question that we're going to answer and it concerns switching quickly between languages. How does it work? How do we do it? What does it mean? More about that in a minute, but first let's talk about women in language. This is a big reminder for you that the Women in Language Conference is happening in just a few weeks from the 7th to the 10th of March. I am co-organizing this conference together with my lovely co-host Lindsay Williams and Shannon Kennedy, who you hear as a regular guest on the show here as well. And we absolutely love bringing you this conference this year. I can tell you, we have got 27 presentations what four days of just talk after talk after talk after talk after amazing interesting conversation boom with languages plus a wonderful wonderful facebook community a digital notebook and a raffle so you can win prizes worth thousands of dollars it's amazing i wish wish for you to be there please check it out it's at womeninlanguage.com wonderful conference and not just open to women it's not just for women it's for everyone so even if you're not identifying as a woman please still check it out and you'll still be more than welcome we can't wait to have you there secondly i have got a new sponsor to tell you all about and you might have heard of these i certainly had and i was just amazed when i secured them as a sponsor for the podcast because i think this is this is something i recommend already This episode of The Fluent Show is sponsored by dun, 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 italki, the internet's top address for finding native language teachers. If you feel stuck because you've got no way of practicing your target language or perhaps you're desperate for a new person to chat to, italki is ready to help. They have got an online platform that will connect you to a network of over three thousand independent native language teachers offering one-on-one -on -one lessons in a huge range of languages. Italki lessons are convenient and affordable and they teach you by connecting you with another human. In my opinion, one of the best possible ways to learn a language always, always surpasses software, textbooks, everything else. You can customize your lessons Use any style you need. You might want a business conversation or a casual chat. It's all on offer. And it's also affordable and comes in at an average 30% cheaper than language schools and offline tutors. Wow. And that's before you count the cost of having to travel to the location of your language school. I've been using italki myself for absolute years think it's been five or six years at least I first signed up as a German teacher 
And then I connected with teachers for my own language learning as well. And I've taken very effective language classes in Spanish, in French, but also less common languages where it's very difficult normally to find a teacher. For example, Icelandic and Welsh. Italki is available online. It's anywhere you've got the internet. So if you want to try out Italki today and get a one-to-one lesson, head to fluentlanguage.co.uk slash italki. That's fluentlanguage.co.uk slash I-T-A-L-K-I, where a welcome gift from italki is waiting for you as well, so you can claim it when you take your first lesson. So that is fluentlanguage.co.uk slash italki. Try it out and get instant tutoring today. Like I said, no-brainer. Absolute recommendation. Do check it out. Now let's get to this week's question. And that came from Alessia. Alessia is 17, lives in beautiful fair Verona. And she asks, how to switch quickly from a language to another? Is it just a question of practice? Now, language switching, I'm very familiar with it. Is mir sehr bekannt, as you can hear, and you've heard it before in the bilingual podcast episodes as well, is a very common linguistic phenomenon. It's not something that you have to study and learn. Many people do this naturally. Linguistically, this is called code switching, and it's very, very common, like I said. And these switches are the hallmark of what bilingual people do, how bilingual people naturally communicate. For example, in an environment where there's more than one dominant language or more than one native language, think countries that have got more than one official language, for example, like India, but also Belgium. It happens all over the world and there are millions of people who are able to speak bilingually. In fact, some estimates say it's more than the majority of the world's population that can quite easily communicate in more than one language. When you switch into another language for a word, for a phrase or for a sentence, that switch for that moment is absolute and it shows how dynamic your brain is, that your brain can do this very, very quickly. Switching a word might look like this. Doing Taimlon really, really wedi blino. I'm feeling really, really tired. Alessia, maybe you do this already when you're speaking Italian and then you quickly throw in a word of English. Switching phrases is also very common. So it could look a little bit like, oui, ils offrent des part-time jobs dans leur société. So you just, you have an expression that works well in one language and you just pop it into the other one. And there is a huge, huge range of academic research on the topic. So if you are interested in learning more about code switching and how it all works, I've linked to a few very, very interesting academic articles in the show notes. So you can kind of dive in there. I did a little bit of reading myself. Unfortunately, didn't have the the time to really dive into this for ages and ages and ages. But it is a fascinating topic and there is a whole academic discipline of research. So you could do you could do your PhD on this and you wouldn't be the first. Studies show, this is something I found very interesting, is that there are what one study called neurocognitive costs. 
And that means, for example, slower response times. So your brain is working harder when you are switching between languages. Even if you're completely bilingual, this would still apply. For example, you may compare it to how hard it is to keep up a conversation when you're trying to parallel park at the same time. I definitely can't do that. So your brain has to, the reason this is, is because your brain has to activate, make a decision in your brain to activate the second language, usually your target language, and then it has to suppress your dominant language. And for most people, that's your native language. Although there's no law to say that, as you heard in, in the recent bilingual episode in the podcast, I am reasonably able to switch between French and English when I really concentrate. I have to really concentrate. And neither of those is the native language that I grew up with. The brain patterns also change. So it's easier or harder depending on whether you're able to predict that the switch is coming and whether you're switching individual words or phrases and how proficient you are in that target language. So Alessia, your first question, let's get back to that then, is, is it a question of practice? And if we're thinking bilinguals, this tends to be expert users of both languages. And this is an extremely advanced result of language learners. So you don't have to train switching as such. It'll just come naturally. And it really, really does. And I remember me moving to England as a German speaker. I just automatically started switching when the phone rings and I can see it's my mother. Of course, I'm going to answer the phone in German. So you, you do start doing this automatically and the better you get, the better you get at it. Let's be clear though. As a learner, I don't think it is a good short or medium term goal to think I want to become good at this because what you're basically saying is, oh, I want to become bilingual and that's not a six month goal. Being able to switch like a bilingual person is not, a, is not something to aim for in your early language learning stages. You can use it and I've, I advise that you, you do use it as something like a vision goal. If you've got the language habit toolkit, you know what I mean by a vision goal. A vision goal is like a, an inspiration, a dream, a long-term goal, something that you see yourself doing as a successful learner of this language. It could be I'm sitting in the cinema and the subtitles don't exist and I'm completely understanding every single word of this movie. It could be I am walking around the streets of Berlin and I hear everything people around me are saying and I understand it all. Or it could be I'm having a bilingual conversation with my friends and I'm switching bish bash bosh into both languages. Why not? So it's a really, really cool vision goal. But like I said, not one for your early stages where you think, oh, I'm going to achieve this in just a few months. That's not going to happen. I do suspect that there's a huge element of practice involved. And I know no one likes to hear that. There's no secret shortcut. But that doesn't mean that we can't look into a few ways of practicing, getting more comfortable, switching between two languages and using the two languages at the same time. So I've come up with four tips that you can use in your language practice or that you can use as little exercises to make you a bit more comfortable with the switches. Here we go. Practical tips. Number one. Practice your study in phrases. 
and not in words so that you can build a good muscle memory and you can think faster in your target language. So by this I mean, for example, when you are practicing or you're studying your vocab, throw in a few sentences, especially sort of standard sentences like, oh, I really wanted to buy. And then just say, I really wanted to buy a table. I really wanted to buy a parrot. <laughs> I really wanted to buy the language habit toolkit. doesn't matter because what you're practicing is not just the vocab word like table, parrot, whatever. What you're practicing is really wanted to buy. And what you're practicing is really wanted to. So then you can say, oh, I really wanted to drive my car. I really wanted to get a cocktail. You know, so what, you're, what you want to do is always practice phrases as well as words, especially if you are at the mm, high beginner to anywhere in the intermediate levels. You, you want to practice in conversation so a tutor would be a really really good uh, solution for that as you can tell my muscle memory currently is has got me has really got me zoned in on saying really really so I'm saying this a lot and that is to do with with habit and it will come in very very handy when you are practicing speaking another language and you want to make those switches because your mouth is just more comfortable your brain has just got something ready to go and the the more often you use it the more comfortable you're going to be using it tip number two listen to input in both languages that you want to practice so don't just completely if your goal is to switch and get good at switching don't completely abandon one language have a little bit of input in one which if your environment is say italian speaking and the language you want to start switching into is, is French, then obviously you don't need to continue and seek out Italian input because you've already got that. But if your environment is English-speaking and you want to learn how to switch from Italian into French, get yourself as much Italian and French as possible, even if one of them is at a higher level than the other one. Great idea would be to find bilingual materials. So perhaps even a parallel text so that you can process both languages more quickly and you get more used at seeing them and experiencing them together. Tip number three, stick to just one subject area and one type of conversation at first so that you can direct your studies towards this code switching goal. And code switching like I said, you know, the, the way that your question asked was, you know, how to switch quickly from one language into the other one. That could be that what you're thinking about is, you know, is a very, very high level. And like I said, you might be doing it already. You might be throwing in a word of English here and there, throwing in a word of, don't know what you're learning. It could be Swahili, <laughs> throwing in a word of Swahili or Zulu in there. Doesn't really matter. Uh, you can you can practice that and I think it would be beneficial to focus on one subject area. I think that's always a good technique when you're studying. Practice a bit of topic-based vocabulary. And tip number four, practice in comfortable environments. And that doesn't mean, I mean, of course it means your favorite armchair, but it doesn't just mean your favorite armchair with snacks on the nearby, but also finding somebody to practice with that you're very comfortable with or that you already know. So if you've got an ongoing tutor or you've got somebody that you're always talking to in that target language, make sure you're in a relaxed environment with them 
and then go for it. And you could even create an exercise that involves switching so that they know what they are meant to train you on. The simplest way that I can think of doing this is really flashcard practice. They say a word, you say it back in another language. But you could even go as advanced and complex as I'm going to say two sentences in this language, two sentences in the other. Or even simpler, do a language exchange. You can usually get those for free. Somebody else benefits from your knowledge. You set the clock. And instead of perhaps switching after half an hour, why not switch every five minutes? <laughs> Crazy, but it could work. So those are my tips to help you practice fun activities around the topic of code switching. I want to conclude by telling you, telling you about the price of code switching that I have experienced as a somewhat bilingual person. Now, I'm bilingual in German and English. You know that. But make no mistake, my language quality has suffered and does suffer unless I practice and activate both languages on a regular basis. And I grew up speaking only German until I was 10. That was when I had my first English lesson. And it's not like then my environment became English speaking at all. I still lived for another 10 years in a German speaking environment. But the language I mess up now is German. So here are a few things that occur when I switch from my main language, English, to my less common language, German, even though it's my native language. Number one, my vocab becomes quite heavily influenced by my thinking in English. My sentences can sound awkward in German and my English really shows through. And this is not just something that happens to me. I have observed this in other friends who live in English-speaking environments. We start talking German words, but English structure. And I will also I sometimes use words that I know as the dictionary translation of what I want to say in English, but they don't feel casual at all. Or they don't feel right for what I really want to, who I really want to be in German. Because I don't speak German enough, so I've kind of lost a little bit of my German self. Secondly, my German isn't always up to date and I might mix in a word that I used as a teenager and I'm now a woman in her mid-30s. So when I use a word that, that that I would have used as a teenager and then I hear myself talking, I think, oh God, I, I sound, I don't, I don't sound right at all. Or I might even say an expression that feels a bit 90s, you know. <laughs> and the other thing that happens is that English words can bubble up in in my German sentences. So I might be ganz normaler Deutsch am Reden and then actually I just I, I the word actually for example is one of those that it's easy to say it without thinking when you're very familiar with the English language, especially British English, and you just throw it into your speech. And then this you still do this when you are in German. The word actually will just come up and it's almost like a like a reflex. So this is what I meant with tip one, practicing phrases, not words. You almost want to get a muscle memory. <laughs> you can obviously get too good at it. So sometimes English bubbles up in my German. And the other price that I feel I pay is that my dialect and my what I would consider my original accent in German is heavily, heavily reduced. And I produce the German language as relatively clean Hochdeutsch, at least for the first 
day or two when I go back to Germany, which is not how I speak in my home environment. So I don't sound like anyone in my family anymore. I don't, you know, sometimes I don't feel like I belong in either place. I speak this international German and recently was even called out by a former schoolmate who hadn't seen me for a decade. And I was back home, you know, walking around the Christmas market with my husband, who I speak English with. And I ran into this girl and said, hey, how are you doing? Da, da, da. And she goes, oh, my God, du hast an English accent. You've got an English accent now. And that's fairly embarrassing because I don't want to have an English accent when I speak German. Why would I want that? So in conclusion, switching quickly from one language to another is impossible without being, without showing that you're a product of your environment when it comes to how you speak. So this is about, this is about identity, <laughs> like so many times. It's about identity and, and more than just language. So here are the things that I'm doing to ensure I don't lose my German identity because it's meaningful to me. I am making myself maintain German contact through, for example, subscribing to a German magazine. Uh, so I always have some German native writing in my house and I watch more YouTube in German and I listen to German podcasts on a regular basis because I'm never going to not understand German. I'm never going to not be able to speak German. But as you can tell, without living there, I feel that I have lost part of my authenticity. So if you were to move to a different country, the same thing might happen to you. And it's it's something that shows up in your language as well. So Alessia, I hope the tips have been useful. I hope you're going to try one of these tips out. And for you listeners, I hope this was an interesting deep dive into what it means to be bilingual and how it could work to switch between different languages. And as always, I'd love to hear from you, get a few ideas from you going about whether you regularly switch between languages, whether you feel this is an ambition, whether you want to build this into your goal. My final recommendation is, okay, because I mentioned vision goals and progress goals, if you want a little bit of assistance and want to get really great at setting meaningful and helpful and effective goals in your language learning, then do check out the Language Habit Toolkit. I'll put it in the show notes for you. That is my one-stop shop language coaching tool that you can use to guide yourself to building a good language learning routine. It works for solo learners, it works for learners who are studying in courses and it is an extremely flexible product so you can apply it to any language at all and it'll help you set the right goals, track your progress and then review where you've got to. That's it for today's Fluent Show. Thank you so much for listening and I'm going to see you next week when I have lots of exciting voices from women in language. Bye guys! <laughs>